What's going on, everybody? Uh, this is Jeremy Hayes with the Fadeaway Fitness, this side of the Rim Official podcast. Uh, this is season three, episode number five. Uh, today, I have with me uh, uh, Kyle Recklitz uh, as the head women's basketball coach uh, at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Uh, Kyle, say what's up to everybody here. Hey, Jeremy, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. This is really exciting. I love talking hoops and I uh, can't talk with a better person than you. <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate it. And like I said, we're kind of like, honestly, you just going to jump right into this and uh, kind of I want to hear a little bit of background about kind of you as a person, as a player, um, what got you involved in the basketball world. And then we'll kind of just walk, walk us through your life to kind of where you're at now. So honestly, like, just give us like a background as you as a kid, kind of like through high school and then even into college and like what all sports that you played. Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, you know, which is obviously uh, unknown as a basketball state. Uh, Hoosiers and, you know, had all those great movies growing up, you know, Hoosiers and stuff like that. So I still actually have that movie poster, right. to be honest, with you, <laughs> hanging in my basement. Um, you got to always remember your roots. For sure. Uh, but yeah, I grew up, um, you know, my mom and da- dad actually divorced really early in life. So it was just my mom, my brother and I. And um you know, came from that type of family, that hardworking family. Mom worked like three jobs, uh, really just to put food on the table and allow me to play sports. Right. Um, and it was one of those situations, you know, I grew up in the days where you didn't really have the video games and all that kind of stuff, the cell phones that were, were keeping you inside. I'm not, right. I'm not that old, but right. I'm not making it sound like I'm old. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was one of those deals where, you know, you don't come, you know, you come home when the lights turn on type yeah. situation. And so... I had a neighborhood full of boys, um, and so I had the opportunity to, and a brother obviously has had the opportunity to play a lot of hoops, a lot of football, uh, a lot of that kind of stuff just growing up. Um, but it, it was it was a really fun childhood for sure. Right, absolutely. So like, what all um, what all sports did you play? Kind of like through school, and kind of like how did you feel like those those sports kind of helped you grow as an athlete? Yeah, so I I tried just about everything yeah um for a long time i wanted to be a gymnast right um that was like when mary lou retton was out there on the wheaties boxes and you know i just felt like you know she was just incredible some of the stuff that she did and so i always wanted to be a gymnast as i continued to get taller i realized that probably wasn't the sport for me um and so you know really just did a lot of hoops in the driveway um i played softball i played uh, tried volleyball for just a little while. Didn't want to wear those like uh, super tight <laughs> <laughs> Those spandex. <laughs> yeah, the spandex were not working for me. Right, then. right. I uh, did cross country, track, soccer for a little while. I mean, I really just tried everything yeah. and um, just had a love for competition more right. than anything. I just loved competing yeah. um, and loved and truly loved winning. To be honest with you. Oh, for sure. I think mm-hmm. that's a. I think that's a big part of uh, like kids and athletes as they grow up is like the natural love for competition because I feel like it brings out the best and it brings out the worst in you and you can kind of see who like is the true competitors and they're going to do whatever they got to do and not stop until they win whatever sport it is absolutely I think my mom used it as a a way to tire me out (laughs) because I had so much energy so I think she was like let's just put you in as many sports as possible and then you won't be crazy when you're at home right for sure so like honestly like at what point did you kind of know that basketball was like your thing and your love and your passion yes I got hooked up with a really awesome AAU coach um Pat McKee um who coached uh Indiana's finest at the time Indiana's finest black cats um, and AAU was a lot different back then. I mean, it was, there was really like five teams in the state. You know, you had uh, more Magic, Indy's Finest, you had um, The Family. I mean, it was really, 
it wasn't like how it is now where there's right. like a ton of AAU programs. Right, and right, so right. I got hooked up with this really great AAU coach who asked me to be a part of this really phenomenal team. Um, we ended up having uh, 11 players on our team and all 11 players went Division One or Division wow. Two, uh, mostly Division One. I. I mean, Florida State, Tennessee, you know, I went to Wisconsin. I mean, we had right. players kind of going everywhere. It was a really elite, elite team. So that's kind of the start that's when i kind of realized like i have potential in this yeah um and if i hone in my craft and really put the time into the training um and, and put the time into the driveway because back then it wasn't training at in gyms it was right. training on the you know outdoor courts um if i put that time in then i knew i could you know become successful right and i honestly feel like that's a big big difference from from i mean i'm i'm 28 so i'm 2010 i graduated high school but it's like yeah. there was really in, in my area then there really wasn't a basketball trainer there wasn't like i said yeah. indoor indoor spots all the time it was like i said i would say and i'm still pretty young but it's like i feel like everybody just went and pick play pickup at an outdoor yeah. court or it was in the driveway <clears throat> and i think that's way different than today's game is like I know, I know people just in my own experience that won't even touch a basketball unless it's inside a gym somewhere, <laughs> air, air conditioned, all this. It's it's got to be right. It's got to be perfect. Like there is nothing wrong with that. But it's also at the same time, I feel like you learn a different style of basketball when you go play pickup at an outdoor park with grown men or grown women. And it just gets to the point where like, yeah, you might take your beatings, but like you learn how to play the game differently than you would when everything's just structured and organized in a gym and everything's in a perfect situation for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I always say, like, to be honest, you learn how to fall, too. I mean, it's, it's incredible watching athletes nowadays not know how to fall. But when you have, when you're falling on gravel rocks, <laughs> like, you learn how to fall really, really well. Right. Uh, you know, but it, it's, you also learn how to trash talk, I can tell you that much. Like, <laughs> right. That, add, that adds to it, playing, playing those. But we had a, we actually had, like, four basket, four hoops um, in our, like, on our street. Yeah that were there was a couple houses in between my house and the last hoop but um we used to play one-on-one-on-one -on -one -on -one. so yeah. like if you won you <laughs> have to stay at the court right if you lost you had to like run down to the next right court and play the next person so the worst was when you got to my house and you lost because you had to run all the way back <laughs> to the street right i was like what a great conditioner oh you know, for sure a, yeah so it's, it, you know those are the we call them the good old days you know when you had energy forever yeah um, yeah but but I, but I wish more athletes would get out and just pick up a ball and play outside. You know, just, just you know, I challenge my, I have a 15-year-old a, a daughter and I challenge her all the time to just, hey, you know, I don't have to be around. You don't need a gym. You have a driveway. Right. So you can just pick up the ball and go handle outside. 100% agree with you. And like I said, I think that's where I feel like is, as athletes today, I feel like, and I'm not saying people are babied, but like, I feel like people are just expected to be handed to them and given to them. It's like, Honestly, yeah. you don't have to be told what to do. Like, yeah, I'm in the position where I'm in, I'm in the, like, yeah, I got to, I, 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 I get to help you and I get to critique your game and I get to tell you what to do. But also it's got to get to the point where like, I can't play the game for you. You got to pack up and go, go play at a park or go play at a, a, a playground and like, okay, there, you might get into arguments. <laughs> you might get into small fights, but like you figure out how to work. You figure out how to play. You figure out, like I said, different styles of the game. And uh, like I said, I think that's a big piece that like, like I said, and I'm not super old, like I said, but like from years ago to now, I feel like it's a big, big difference. Absolutely. So kind of like talk about that. You're just graduating high school now. You're leading into college. You you went where, you did what, and kind of like talk about your college career. Yeah, so I, I had quite a few options coming out of out of high school. I was very fortunate. Um, and I decided on the University of Wisconsin, yeah. Madison. 
Um, I, I had a great head coach there. Uh, Jane Albright was her name, and she really cared more about the person um, as well as the student athlete. And I think a lot of people miss the boat on that. You know, they, they see you as, you know, a win or, you know, as points or assists or right, whatever right, they see right. you as instead of seeing you as somebody who, you know, is going to grow um, as a person. And she was just so so great about that i'll never forget my one of my college visits up there it was really it was raining a lot so we couldn't do a campus tour and so she was like well let's just go to a movie there's a movie theater on campus <laughs> right and we really went and sat in there nobody was in there and she takes off her shoes and just puts her feet up and i was like you know this coach is chill like she's yeah, somebody yeah. i would want you know kind of want to be around and learn from and right so yeah so i went to madison i played four years there i had a an outstanding college career i i loved every minute of it i wouldn't I wouldn't change it um, for anything. Had some great teammates. Uh, we had a lot of success um, when I was there, and I and I through hard work earned an opportunity to play quite a few minutes coming right. down in my junior and senior year. Right. But that's, I feel like, like you said you you earned it, and it's like it wasn't given. So, so I feel like that's another that's another big piece. And it's like so okay, you got there to Wisconsin, and you you might not have played right away, and and you just, just stuck with it. And then you kept kept fighting, you kept working, and then like like you said, the terminology you just used was you earned it, your right to play. So it gets to the point where like I feel like another thing about kids is like if one thing doesn't go their way and they're they they show up and they're expecting to play all these minutes, this, this and this, it's like and they don't get what they're looking for, I feel like a lot of people just up and just jump into that transfer porter now. And it's just it's it's tough or versus like you can stick it out and like you can show how much you're you value your team how much you value your coach and like believe in the process and then with with believing in the process good things come and then you get a chance to play like i said towards your latter end of your career yeah i mean it is definitely different nowadays um in, in terms of that it, it, we've made it so easy for players to right you know transfer and it starts early you know transferring high schools right you know or transferring aau programs when things aren't just aren't perfect or aren't going your way um instead of fighting through that adversity and and the hard part is you know what are we teaching you know athletes for later in life allowing that um to happen as parents and coaches because you know when they get a big job and you know, they have a little bit of failure within that job. They can't just up and leave right. or up and tell their <laughs> boss, like, you know, this is the place I want to be. I'm going to go somewhere else. You got to, you got to learn how to, how to handle adversity. Um, yeah. And so that is different now. You know, you see a lot of people, you know, entering the transfer portal. I've been, I've been very fortunate over the last few years to not have it. But last year we did have two um, that decided to transfer. And, um, and one of them was a huge shock to me. You know, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting it at all. I actually had talked to her about being the captain a few days wow. before it. So you just, you never know when it's coming nowadays. And as I always tell, you know, my coaching friends, you can't base your happiness on players right you can't you, you just never know um you know my agent has has told me before you know um you know it's hard it would be hard for me to leave this job at milwaukee i love it so much right um and then you know he's gone and said be careful with that thought process because a player will up and leave you if they're not feeling like you know they're getting the benefit you know down the road so for sure um it's changed and yeah i just have the philosophy of you know hard work pays off that's how i played too i was yeah. an energy giver i was a uh, kind of their emotional leader you know i was i was one picking people off the floor off of after charges and right. you know like fist pumping in the air and jumping on the bench and doing all that kind of stuff so that was just kind of my right. mentality anyway was was the work mentality so 
um, it fit my personality to kind of stay and and really work my tail off to earn a starting spot. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's that's big, especially like I said, for for it shows how committed you are. Like I said, as an individual, but like part of the program and team. That like I said, you, you even if you're not playing, like you're you're providing the most energy on the bench. You're providing the most energy and support to the people that are that are in the game. I said it's you need to have types of, of role players, um, whether you're scoring 30 or, or you're you're playing two minutes a game. Like I said, you kind of got to buy into your your role, your program, and uh, I think good things will come from it. Absolutely, and that's one of our culture cultures here. We have a, a concept called Benergy, which is like bench energy. Yep. Uh, and our team just really buys into that. I mean, I, I love the group of players that we have right now. I mean, we are, they're so invested and they care so much. It's just, it's so fun to watch them like grow together, right. not just as individuals, but even grow as a group and, um, and, and have that same level of energy for each other every single day they walk on the court. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's got to be huge for you, um, especially said to be their leader to kind of, kind of watch them grow, watch them flourish and, and buy into the program. I think it's got to be, got to be big. So kind of like yeah. talk about, okay, now all of a sudden you, you just finished college and then transition from finishing college to getting into, how did you get into coaching, I guess? Yeah, so I, I had opportunities after college to um, go play overseas. Um, and even WNBA had, you know, had been around then too and right. had some coaches calling my coach about tryout options. But I just knew I was ready to kind of take that next step yeah. um, in my coaching career. And so my head coach, uh, I, I kind of delayed graduation a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't take a class or two of my business major so that I could stay one more year right. uh, and get that year paid for. So I stayed on as a student assistant okay. at uh, Wisconsin and um, I worked in the offices nonstop. Yeah. I mean, if I wasn't, if I was not on the court with the team or in class I was in the offices um and had some really great coaches there at the time um Kate Peterson was there um she was the recruiting coordinator uh Kate Peterson Abia she's married now um Al Brown had just come on as an assistant coach um and so I learned a lot of my scouting stuff from Al um and he you know he's obviously really famous and was at Tennessee and had won national championships um so I, I just had a lot of really great mentors at the time um, and just decided I really wanted to dive in deep. And and then as soon as that year ended, um, you know, I had written out some letters. Some people had a few interviews, but my assistant coach at the time, Kate Peterson, um, had gotten the head coach at Cleveland State and offered me the opportunity to come and be her recruiting coordinator. Right. And that was a position I just couldn't pass up. For sure. So it's like you, now all of a sudden it's like you, it, you think you're seeing things come almost full full swing. So it's like you're you're working for, I said, one of your assistant coaches, and it's like it gets to the part now. Okay, now you are a part of the official coaching staff. So like, how how do how do roles change? How do what, what did you do from your day to day job duties to the on court duties to so how, take us through like your your role through Cleveland State? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of cool because every place I've been, I've had a different role. Right. Uh, and Cleveland State, you know, majority of my job was recruiting. Um, and that's something that, you know, Kate really taught me, like, that's the lifeblood to your program, right. you know, is just, you know, the, the best players you can get, the better, you know, if you can get really great players, you become a really great coach, right. <laughs> instantly. Right. uh, you know, the more talent you get, then the better you look, you look on the sideline. So, um, you know, she was really clear about, you know, me 
teaching me how to become the best recruiter possible. Right. And I took everything I possibly could from her um, in terms of that and, and the relationship building side of things. And, um, and I really do believe it's why I've had a lot of success in recruiting now. Yeah, and I said, I think that's that's got to be big. I said, take that from, okay, now you, you, you jumped on, now you're an assistant coach at, at Cleveland State, and like kind of like walk us through kind of your journey in the coaching world up until right now with you being the head coach at, uh, at, at Milwaukee. So you went from Cleveland State to what, to what, to what, to what? Yeah, so after Cleveland State, and I was there for four years, um, I stayed really loyal to Kate because she had obviously given me a great opportunity. Right. Um, and, and then I was fortunate to be able to stay in the state and kind of um, and move up uh, a level in conferences to the A-10. At the time, the A-10 was, was really strong, like right outside the Power Five. Right. Um, and, uh, I mean, they had, you know, like Xavier had like Amber Harris and Tashia Phillips who both went, you know, to the WNBA yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah playing in that league and Jim Jaber was the head coach at Dayton uh, and gave me an opportunity there so I came in initially as the recruiting coordinator and did that for a couple of years but really that that kind of stopped I guess you could say along my my journey was um, more teaching me the X's and O's side. Right. Um, Jim was really crafty with his offense. He ran a lot of you know Euro ball screen um, stuff, and I just learned so much from an X's and O's perspective from him. And as we continued to build a really strong relationship, he started kind of turning that over more and more to me. Um, he even allowed me to draw you know some last second plays and and put myself in a position that I knew later on when I was going to have the opportunity to be a head coach that I would have to do myself. So right. he put me in some of those pressure situations and, and it was great. You know, I'm very thankful for the opportunity that he gave me to be able to do that stuff. Um, and then after Dayton, I was there for four years again. So really tried to like, you know, stick things out. We had some really great recruiting classes come in Yeah. Um, while I was there. Um, had a lot of success. Um, you know, went to the NCAA tournament, um, won a game in the NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, had a, had a really, you know, strong four years there. Um, I decided it was time to get back to, towards Wisconsin. Right. And um, Bobby Kelsey had just gotten the job at Wisconsin. And um, so I just called her and said, hey, you may already know who you're looking to hire. Um, I'm not really looking for a job. I'm very happy here. Um, we're going to be really good over the next few years. But in the same sense, um, right. I want to become a head coach. And I know I probably need to move up to the Big Ten in order to do that. Yeah. I had actually been up for some head coaching interviews during that time, but hadn't landed any of them. Right. And my AD at Dayton, who's a great friend friend of mine and mentor to me today, Mike Kelly, he actually told me, if you truly want to take that next step, you're going to have to leave here. Yeah. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to believe him, but, um, but I was fortunate enough to, you know, move on and and go back to my alma mater. Um, and I was only actually there for a year under Bobby, um, before actually taking the, getting the Milwaukee job and and taking that job here as the head coach. Right. And I said, that kind of, like I said, shows your, uh, like your commitment to your programs that you're at there, you help build and, uh, ultimately stay kind of true to yourself and, and what your vision really wanted to be become. Well, I said as a head head coach at the, at the division one level and like I said your persistence and just your dedication and drive just kind of almost seem to kind of keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing until you find that little breakthrough and now you've been what at Milwaukee for for how many years now this is what I believe year nine now 
Yeah, this is. I've, I've finished eighth season and I'm on my ninth season, which is kind of crazy to think. It's been a whirlwind, that's for sure. Right. That's. I mean, that's what it sounds like. But uh, kind of like talk about like uh, now that you've been been a head coach for this is going to be nine years now so kind of like talk about some of your style and your philosophy I know you talked about like the the grit and the hard work and the drive and dedication but like talk about some of like your other style and philosophies that kind of led you to become such a successful division one coach for so many years yeah well I really adopted a lot of what I learned from my college coach Jane Albright in that you know treating your athletes as people becomes first right um and having an understanding that you know, they're 18 to 22 and they're going to make a thousand mistakes under your watch. Um, and, and you need to be there, you know, as a, like a life guide, um, as much as a coach. And so, you know, I, have really adopted that. I have really great relationships with a lot of our alumni, um, very strong relationships with them. Um, you know, go out, the ones that live in the area, will grab lunch or, you know, go grab a drink or something like that, graduate and stuff. But, um, just like that that's probably been, been my biggest philosophy aspect bringing it in was i just i wanted to make sure they understood and that their parents understood when they graduate out of my program that i'm going to be a part of their life forever um so that's been a big thing i mean style wise i mean i, I love to get up and down the court um right. i love scoring a lot of points I, I can always say i've been more of an offensive minded coach than a defensive minded coach yeah, so right. I've hired some really great assistants <laughs> that right. have helped me on the defensive side because <laughs> um, my mind works more from an offensive perspective. Um, you know, and I, and I learned I had to adapt. You know, like when I first took over the program, um, it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, some of the players there weren't necessarily the people that fit, you right. know, our style. And so I had to adapt a little bit um, during that time. And you know, I feel great now that, you know, we're really able to play an up-tempo game, um, but also have, you know, the skill sets to be able to be controlled when we need to. Um, you know, and then we play some high-pressure defense, and, and we're hoping to get more steals this year. That's the goal is to just really get our get our players more aggressive because we feel like we're longer and more athletic than we've probably ever been. Right. So, so th- but yeah, we, we, we want to not... We want to play fast, but not turn the ball over. That's right, for sure. Turning it over a little too much right now. Playing, right? playing quick, but not hurrying, though, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. John Wooden quote. Yeah, absolutely. So, kind of yeah. like, talk about what were some of like your major like differences with kind of through your coaching career so far, like becoming uh, be, an assistant coach now as a head coach. What were some of the major differences between the two? Yeah, so you know, sitting one chair over is a lot different. You right. know, I was. I was really great at making suggestions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the best suggestion assistant coach you could possibly imagine. Right. Um, you know, when to call a timeout and when you should get players out of the game. But the minute that you're sitting that one chair over and the decision like fully, you know, lands on you. Right. You know, it's like this automatic pause to it. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, do we do this or do we call this timeout now? Or, you know, like you almost at the beginning I almost questioned myself a little bit more because um, that pressure is on there right. you know it, it falls on you to make those choices you know um, but you know really it's it's hard to like, I can't even imagine going back from an assistant coach's perspective right. um, it was so detail oriented as an assistant you know I mean you had your specific scouts you had your specific position you know all that kind of stuff and now when you're a head coach you really have to take in the whole picture of everything right. um the whole team the, the entire game 
the flow of the game, you know, instead of watching your individual, like, specific, you know, sections. Um, and so that that was a big change, you know, learning how to go to not be so detail-oriented. Right. I'm, I'm very... I'm very detail oriented. A lot of people would would say I'm more Type A than anything. Right. Um, but like learning how to, you know, let some of that go and allow my staff to really take control over. Right. And I think that's got to be that's got to be easy, but it's got to be hard at times because like as much like you said, as much as everything falls upon you, you got to have as much trust and uh, willingness to to understand and appreciate all the time that your coaches have put into things. Um, so like I said be able to trust their decisions and roll with them. Um, and, and then hash them out and collaborate and talk about them afterwards. Kind of like talk about like, uh, like I said, it's it, it, being able to being able to have a, a, a positive surrounding core of coaches. I feel like has to be uh, one of the most memorable things in the game because it's like ultimately, yeah, everything falls onto you. But like a lot of these coaches that will be by your side, be the behind the scenes people, make a lot of key decisions for you. Yeah, I, I would honestly say ranking in order of like when you become a head coach for the first time your number one item is getting the perfect staff right i mean it, it is it is the most important success piece is having the right people around you um and i you know i've been really fortunate i've had some great assistant coaches um along the way um and i i've only made the hiring mistake really one time right. um where i hired somebody that that I shouldn't have. And I learned, I learned greatly from it. Um, and so, you know, getting to know the people that you're, you're interested in and making sure they're people that, you know, have similar values to you becomes, I mean, I mean, not, not even talking about their philosophies of X's and O's, but just even as people, right. you know, like what do they value the most as people? Like, are they honest? Are they trustworthy? Are they hardworking? Are they going to fit who you are as a person? Um, I think becomes, paramount because you're with these people more than you're with your family right absolutely. You're, you're traveling with them you're you know it's just you're in hotels at midnight watching game film and you know and it's like do you really want to be around these people right <laughs> and so i have i have a great staff right now i mean i Good. just we all get along so well and um and so i'm, I'm very fortunate Okay, so kind of talk about like how important it is to like paying your dues and kind of like getting your foot in the door and like networking and connecting um, with like the coaching game and like being able to connect with people to to like advance your career, but also look uh, look out for recruiting and, and, and help get players and kind of like how important it is to like I said, getting your foot in the door first. Absolutely, I think making connections is key. You know, I mean, I I um. Like I said, I got hired uh, by Bobby Kelsey without her knowing who I, who I was, but that's rare, right. um, especially nowadays. It's, it's very rare. Um, now, the one thing I, I would advise assistants not to do is to, to be networking when you're supposed to be working. Right. Um, I can't tell you how many times like I'm at an AAU tournament and, you know, you look over and they're supposed to be watching a game and they're just sitting there chatting with their friends or trying to get in with a head coach that they don't know instead of actually watching the player, right. you know, that they're there to watch. You know, I was always under the belief that, you know, I'm going to be great at the job that I'm in yeah, and I'm right. going to, you know, and, and it's really going to sell me is how, you know, the success that I've had within that current job. Uh, and then that will help me land the next job. Um, the networking should come at a time when you're not working, you right. know? So like, you know, you're walking to a different court and you're, you know, introducing yourself to coaches or, you know, even if it's you're sitting next to a coach and you want to meet them, giving you a business card and saying, I'd love to check in with you later. Or if you're around to grab coffee before the game tomorrow, let me know. Right. 
Um, but you know, showing showing that commitment to the people that you're currently working for, I think is number one. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I think it's got to be be big. Like I said, that, that builds your trust. And I said, build your credibility as a coach, as a person, as a as, as an individual that ultimately makes the, the, the unit stronger. So kind of like take us through like um, your recruiting process. So like what type of players do you like to recruit and like how far of like a range do you guys have really have with recruiting? Yeah, so we, you know, when I first got here, you know, I'd come, I had been in Ohio for eight years right. uh, at one point. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to hit Ohio and West Virginia and right. Pennsylvania <laughs> and get all these kids to come to Wisconsin. And, you know, it's interesting. We would get in like the final two and then we would lose them to like, a, you know, a max school in the area right, or something right, like right. that. And uh, or another Horizon League school in the area. And so I kind of like just started separating that area of the country and went more towards, you know, Wisconsin, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, and Minnesota. That was our main base. Um, But we were fortunate here recently to get a commitment out of somebody out of Ohio. So we were really, really excited about that because I was like, yes, I collect (laughs) some, you know. Right. We got one, you know. Right. And and yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, we, you know, we, we'll engage with people who have like from outside of that area block that are interested in us. Right. So, like if somebody sends us a, you know, an email or, you know, sends us a video and says, Hey, you know, like my grandma lives in Milwaukee or, Hey, I have aunts and uncles that live in Milwaukee. Uh, that's something I'm really interested in. Then, you know, we'll, you know, we'll pick up the recruiting from somebody that's wide based, but right. my retention for people who have been farther away has not been, um, as outstanding as I would like to be. So uh, we like to kind of stay more in state and, and around this area. And to be honest with you, we're just looking for, you know, competitors for one. I mean, that's one of the first things I like really watch when I'm watching players is right. like, how do they actually compete? You know, not if they, you know, scored all the baskets or, you know, played a, a perfect game. I want to know like how competitive they are. Right. Um, especially coming down, like in the last, I love games that are close coming down the last minutes and, and kind of seeing how they perform. Um, or even if they're not performing, if they're on the bench, how do they act? You know, like, are they in it for their teammates or, you know, are they pouting on the sidelines? So, right. uh, you know, we do a lot, we do a lot of that kind of stuff as well as obviously watching their skill sets and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's got to be huge. Like I said, is you, you you see what type of player they are without the ball. And I said everybody mm-hmm. everybody on film, everybody looks good in their highlight tape when they're scoring. But like, can they pass it? Can they defend? Can they rebound? Can they, like I said, provide extra support to somebody that isn't isn't thriving right now and becoming a leader? So I feel like you gotta you gotta recruit kind of like well, well well you gotta recruit. I feel like the position you're looking for and the fit that yeah. you're looking for. Because everybody, like I said, a lot of people even think that, like, you got to score the most points to get recruited. Well, like, Mm-mm. sometimes coaches don't need everybody that scores all the points. Yeah, exactly. Like, There's not enough basketball to court if exactly. you have all the scores. Right. So that's where I feel like a lot of kids and a lot of parents sometimes don't understand it because the, the coaches, they need to recruit what's best for their team. And like I said, it's got to right. get to the point where, like, you know, they said you, you got to have different different pieces of the puzzle to ultimately become the whole, the full puzzle. So I feel like kids Absolutely. kids can take a can take a note of just becoming a defensive stopper and and create for others on offense and that'll put you on the floor on a on a high level in, in college. Like I said it just gets right. to the point where like you got to figure out what that school actually needs and wants. So kind of like how important it is uh, is AAU for like a player's exposure then. Yeah. You know, I think it's really important uh you know, I think nowadays it's everything is streamed too, right. you know, so 
So for as much as like right now, we can't go out recruiting because of the dead period because right. um, of, of the pandemic. But um, even before then, I mean, we were able to watch people's games, you know, and, and these streamed games in times when we weren't able to go out. Um, and so playing, you know, and just getting on the court, um, I think just helps you so much from a confidence standpoint, a mentality standpoint, and allows us as coaches to be able to see you play more. Right. Um, the more we, the more opportunities we have to see you play, then the more opportunities we have to recruit you. Um, and I, so I think getting out and playing AU is, is, is critical for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I honestly, like I said, I think AU, um, and I tell everybody this, I feel like AU it either is going to provide you with so much exposure or you're going to get exposed really quick because it's like it's when the lights are on and there's 75, 80 college coaches on each baseline. And, and it's mm-hmm. like if you just try to go out there and play your game and you do really well and you thrive, then you could leave that game with five, six, seven, eight offers or or you don't play defense and you have bad attitude, bad body language. Like it shows <laughs> like it yeah. very quickly and coaches pick up on, on those things. So like you get exposed really quick. So that could make you as a player. It could break you as a player very, very quick. Yes, so for I, sure. And I feel like... I do think, I was going to say, I do think playing high school is equally important, though. Like, I know there's a lot of tension out there between high school coaches and AAU coaches sometimes. Right. <laughs> and I wish they could just figure that out. Cause I, I see the value in both because you play two different roles, you right. know? So for like, sure. On your AAU team, you might be more of a role player. Well, then when you step on your high school team and you're the best player, can you switch that role can you switch that mentality and i think that shows a lot when you can when you can play both of those you know yeah and i think i think that's huge and i I know sometimes if i feel it turns into like adult egos but like Mm -hmm. i I feel like that's a big big piece of like uh said uh, the eighth player on uh like i said the the compton magic men's side they could still be going to Ole miss (laughs) like but but yeah you could you could go you could go score 37 a game in your high school and you got to figure out how to become a leader so kind of piggyback off what you said is like you got to figure out how to play and and do multiple things um become a leader become become a better individual become a a better teammate um ultimately lead your team to wins uh overcome your yourself and team adversity and then you go play AU, and it's like okay now everybody did that (laughs) so it's like now you gotta be a team player play defense take charges the the energy giver the okay now this game i'm hot so i gotta go score 25 like i feel like you gotta be able to do multiple things for for all different situations exactly right so i kind of want to talk about like almost how we got connected and i think this was like during the when the pandemic started and like quarantine hit i started these beat the trainer videos and like honestly and i I don't know if i've ever told you this before but like i never even meant for this to be even a challenge like i started just like doing a video for like my clients just back in the the ohio west virginia pennsylvania area and like like oh i'm gonna put out a dribbling video and like hey kids everybody work on this while you're at home and like that's it and like it went all right and like two days later i did another one it went all right and like the third video i ended up like going as hard as i could and i like put my time to it and it went crazy so i was like well i'm not an idiot i'm gonna do it again and uh so that's when i feel like the first day of the beat the trainer videos actually started and uh it just exploded how quick it did and it was like probably by like day 12 i was in like 35 different states and uh at that point i was getting so many hits on twitter and like just from girls posting, mainly girls. Now, I would say it was probably like 92, 93% girls were doing the videos and posting it and like kind of almost like promoting my brand for me. And uh, then I think that's when I, it hit and I was in like 
I got into the Wisconsin area and uh, uh, the Wisconsin Flight Elite program. They ended up, uh, like I said, uh, like got hot and heavy into it. And like, I feel like that's when, I, uh, like I said, majority of people in that area, but then a lot of college coaches even were just following me. And uh, I think that's how we started like really like, I feel like just connecting together. And like, it was like, it was crazy how like a video that I started in McMackin, West Virginia, turned to like this phone call happening right now just because we were able to connect through that yeah no i so much respect for what you did you know i mean it was such a crazy time period and a time period when you know a lot of people were just questioning like what are we gonna do we're not gonna have au we're not gonna have hoops we're not gonna like what are we gonna do and you found a market and um and it just it was it was awesome to watch so many people just from all over the country right. you know it was fun to watch their videos just like improve their skills and take a ball like we were talking about earlier in the podcast just taking a ball and getting outside like you didn't have to have you know a gym or something like that you could do it in your garage or you could do it in your right. basement or wherever you needed to to try to you know beat your time and again it showed that competitiveness right with these athletes like wanting to compete um to try to beat your score or try to even beat their previous score right. you know because you know they had to do it. Most some of those, some of those <laughs> drills were tough. Yeah. I was putting some of my college kids through them. I'm like, yeah, you right. try this. <laughs> right. See it if was you the trainer. It was crazy, uh, but, and it was just like it got to uh, the point where I was like, I was still doing some workouts and stuff, and it was like then like quarantine, I guess, was like ending, and like now I'm on like day 87. And I'm like, man, I don't even have I don't even have 10 minutes to film a video today. So it was like right. now I'm trying to like come up and be creative as quick as I can just to get these videos out and like. As soon as I did, it was it was crazy because like people were messaging me like wild like, when are when are you putting the video out today? And I'm like, I haven't had a chance to think yet. And like and uh, <laughs> so like it just got to the point where it just like it got so crazy. And it was like by uh, I mean when it got close to like 85, 86, it was I was in all 50 states. And then when it was all said and done, it was uh, all 50 states in like 42 different countries. And uh, it was it was <laughs> super crazy. I just remember there was one day I was about to be on the news on the TV and uh, my Twitter like broke three times that day. Like I couldn't log in. I couldn't retweet. I couldn't like anything because there was just so much activity and so much, so many hits just from these videos, which was crazy. Like I never, ever would have ever expected. And uh, so like I said, I hats off to these beat the trainer videos or I don't think this podcast ever, ever happens then. (laughs) Yeah, so. well, hey, I, I also think I'm waiting for the video, the 365 days of Beat the Trainer video to come oh, out. Oh, jeez. I, I don't know if you I'll ever get to that one. Then. You already have 100 of them done. I so. know. That's a lot of commitment, though. With- <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, for you, I'll, I might bring it back just for you then. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, want, I want the full video by the series, you that, know? Hey, that so sounds good. You can have, listen, if I can put a price tag on, I'll absolutely do it then. Hey, amen to that. I gave that. people 100 free videos. I better start charging commission for them or something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> cool. So we'll, we'll kind of wrap this up here. So, like, honestly, like, why why the women's game? Why did you ever, did you ever think about getting in, involved in the men's? Uh, why, why the women's game and, like, the direction of, of the women's game? Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, obviously growing up a girl, as a girl myself, like, you know, I look back to like my childhood and, and coach, the coaches that were in my life, um, you know, those, those people, you know, uh, Pat, like I told you about my AAU coach, Pat McKee, my high school coaches, Chuck Belke, Alan Vickery, college coach, Jane Albright, 
um, coaches I've had the opportunity to work for, I mean, they just have been such a staple for me um, and like how I see life and how like I, you know, kind of take on my day-to-day activities, you know, like hard work and stuff. And to be able to provide that um, for a group of 18 to 22 year olds every year is something that I just really um, wanted. And I just, I love it. I love my job. I love that I get to, you know, spend half my day in sweats um, coaching. I get to on the floor, but I also get to, you know, do mentoring meetings and, um, you know, just, you know, be a part of these student athletes lives. And I couldn't think of a better career for myself when I was kind of, you know, going through college and thinking about what do I want to do forever? Um, This, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to be in the gym and I want to be a part of, of student athletes lives forever. Right. And I think you impact so many more people like I said, this way, and, and you get to connect and be, be and network with so many more people. Um, and it's, I feel like it's truly, truly rewarding. So kind of like lead that into like, what were some of like the most memorable moments um, that you've had this far? And then honestly, turn that into if you had any struggles or downfalls that you kind of had to overcome to kind of get to this point too. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, um, I should start with struggles. Um, you know, I first took over this job. It was, it was difficult. You know I mean? It was, um, you know, I just, I came in with a, a different mentality, um, than the previous coaching staff had, and it was hard for the players to adapt to it. Um, I, I realized very early in my career that you can't really change people who don't want to change. Right. Um, and that was something that, you know, I pass on as advice to a lot of people. It's probably my biggest, um, you know, lesson from, from my first year of head coaching. Like I wanted these players to be so great. I wanted them to kind of take on this new challenge and some of them just didn't want to. Um, so I've learned that over the years. And then, you know, I've actually had to deal with some, some of my own like personal health issues and stuff like that. And, um, you know, so you say all these things and you, you, you like tell your players all the time, like, you know, some of it is mental and you can fight through the mental struggles and, and then to have to actually apply that, you know, because of a, of a, you know, a heart condition that I have, um, you know, has really kind of like hit me very differently. Um, and I, and I love this quote, um, do you, um, live to work or do you work to live? Right. And for a long time, like when I was, you know, in my early days of coaching, I felt like I lived to work and I lost a lot of time and opportunity and relationships based off that because I chose my job um, first. And now I've really, you know, since being here, um, you know, since actually becoming sick, my eyes have opened up a lot. And now I work to live. Um, I want to enjoy those, you know, extra things in life, Um, spending time with my kid, going to her sporting events, um, traveling, you know, doing some of those things that, you know, I, I hadn't done there for a long time to try to put myself in a position to get this job. Right. No, some of the huge. highlights. I mean, I've had a lot of highlights. Um, I've had some great teams. Um, you know, great people that I've had the opportunity to coach and work with. Um, so I, I'd say actually, just some of the relationships relationships I've built have probably been some of the best highlights um, for me. Not even like winning certain games. Um, I will say beating my alma mater as a, <laughs> the first time we did it. Yeah. You know, beating Wisconsin was was a big highlight um, for sure. We actually have done that a couple times now, but the first right. time we did it was was a really a big moment for me because um, it felt like our team was kind of you know we beat a Big Ten opponent um, and we you know finally moving up 
up the ranks. Right. Um, you know, getting to that first 20 win season um, when we finally got there, that was that was a pretty big deal. Um, but I think we have a lot more in store for us. I'm, I'm very excited about this upcoming season and the seasons uh, that are lay lay ahead here in the near future. Um, I think that we've got the talent, um, and so as long as um, you know, I and the rest of my staff can step up as a coach. <laughs> maybe we can. Maybe we can do some damage. <laughs> right, for sure. Now we'll kind of, like I said, we'll wrap this up here. I got a got a call here soon, but I, uh, I I always like to ask ask everybody. Give me your top three players of all time, and honestly, that could be on the men's side or even on the women's side of the game. Yeah, um, I'll start with Michael Jordan. Okay. I just think he's incredible. Um, you know, I, I I go back to when I was obviously growing up and even when I was in my college days and, you know, he was playing and it was just so fun to watch, like, what he was going to do next. Right. Um, I'd say even prior to that, Larry Bird, he, the way that he could pass and score the basketball, you right. know, and obviously the fact that he's from Indiana was a really big thing for me. Yeah. And then my third would be Candace Parker. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just love how Candace Parker was – and there, you see players like that now, too. You know, like there's a lot of players out there like Brandon Stewart and stuff like that. But this ability to kind of be a 3-4 player um, and be able to play. I mean, she's really like a point forward. Right. She can play any position on the court um, and just kind of, you know, transcend the fact of like, you know, you can fit her into any spot. Right, um, sure. I, just, I love that about her game. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I think uh, all three good players to pretty much look up to. Um, as, as a player so uh what i would like to do is if you can uh, anybody that would like to follow along um your journey your story your career or have any questions for you um reach out to you on social media so if you know your social media handles off off the top whether it be twitter instagram facebook however you want to do it um kind of give us a shout here yeah so my, they're pretty easy my uh twitter handle is just at kyle Recklitz. uh instagram is kyle underscore Recklitz. Those are probably the two things that I use the most, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, in terms of just getting myself out there and, and following our team. Um, we also have a M- MKE at, or Twitter at MKE uh, WBB um, is our women's basketball account where you can kind of follow our team a little bit as well. Perfect. That sounds great. Like I said, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, Kyle, and uh, kind of give me a, a little bit of insight of your life and and uh, your coaching journey so far and what I typically would like to do is like let this thing play out for the next two three years and kind of see how things progress and then bring you back on the show and kind of see what see what what changed and what didn't change over the last couple years and and do get you on the podcast again here that sounds great hopefully we're talking about lots of championships (laughs) I hope so too (laughs) well yeah I appreciate everything I wish you nothing but the best of luck and uh, if there's anything I could ever do for you please let me know all right thanks so much Jeremy